Hey guys, you are listening to the Rima Chapel Podcast, which brings the message of Jesus Christ to the lost all across the globe. Today's speaker is our own pastor, Reverend Samuel Donkoforte, pastor of Rima Chapel, Belfort, Germany. Hope you enjoy the message. Well, today I have um, a scripture that I want us to take a look at. It's in the book of John, John chapter 5, verse 1 to 9. And uh, the title for my message is really a very simple title. Lessons of faith from a lame man. Lessons of faith from a lame man. And so we are going to take a look at this lame man. And uh, for those of you who are like, oh, We were dealing with the promise of the Spirit last week. We didn't finish. Well, this particular message is actually meant to prepare you so that you can take what belongs to you. Amen? Uh, so, So it's actually a message that is meant to give you a foundation for next week's message. Actually, I already have a word from God for next week. And the word of God for you for next week is you are going to recover all. And and the Lord just shows me that before you came into this world, everything that you had to depend upon to fulfill your mission has already been supplied. But the enemy has laid his hands upon those things and he doesn't want to release it. So please, those of you who are actually trusting God for a breakthrough, next week by this time, understand that you have an appointment with your breakthrough. And uh, I want to encourage you for that reason, fast and pray. Because when you come next week, you are going to encounter a God to whom all things are possible. I want to encourage you, please, don't miss next week's service. Don't miss it. Especially if you you, 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 you actually need to see something change, then don't miss next week's service. Um, God is everywhere. That's true. But if you're a good student of the Bible, you will notice that God doesn't just release things everywhere. He's everywhere. But somebody has to go to a place called Bethel. And even though at that time he had a stone for a pillow, yet in that place, God could give him an encounter. So God is everywhere. That's true. But please, next week Sunday, God is going to be here. And especially if you are a son or a daughter of this house, God is going to be here just for you. I've always believed one thing, and, and I, don't, uh, I don't play down the effect and the influence of powerful and mighty men of God. I don't play their influence down at all. If I had my own way and we could afford as a church, somebody like Ben Hinn would bring him down. And certain great, great, great men of God will bring them because they carry some things. 
But I want you to understand that when you are a son or a daughter, the food that you must eat and the clothing that you must wear, God doesn't give it to somebody on another continent. Can I come again? Nobody gets out of his house and he has to travel like 100 kilometers for the food or for the dress that he has to wear as a child. It is the responsibility of the parents to provide those things in the home. So you see, when God uh, 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 brings you to a church and there is something that you need, that thing should be in the church. Are you okay with me? That is not to say when you hear of a Benin program, don't go. But some of you may go to a Benin program and what you are expecting to receive, you won't receive it there. Because that thing is not there. It's here. Are you okay with me? If you can get some of these things clearly, it will not, you make, it will not, uh, it will help you so that you don't look down upon a church just because the people are not many. So, next week, we have a breakthrough, a miracle, and a breakthrough encounter with God. I call it unfinished business. And uh, if you think you have an unfinished business, then please have a full expectation. Because God will meet you on the line of those expectations. Well, tonight, like I said, my scripture is... John chapter 5, verse 1 to 9. I hope you are there. I would like to do some teaching today. Meaning that I'd like to point out to you what is there in the word of God for you to see it for yourself. And understand that this thing was not written by me. It was written by God himself. In a language that was perfect. If there are any problems, it is only problems of translation. But in the original, it was perfect. You couldn't add anything to it or take anything away from it. And God is willing to stand by his word. Now, another thing let me also say is that the person we call Jesus, when he was walking the earth, the sound of his name is Yeshua. However, Yeshua has never failed to respond when you say Jesus. So, so whatever flaws there may be in translations are not important to God. He knows all about it. Are you okay with me? Now good. Let's read. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now, there is in Jerusalem... By the sheep gate, a pool, which is called in Hebrew, Bethesda, having five porches. I like the fact that it has five porches, because the number five stands for grace. And you and I need to understand that whatever the enemy is trying to disqualify you for, uh, 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 from receiving, God qualifies you to receive by grace. Whatever the enemy points out as an accusation to tell you, to disqualify you from receiving, God causes you to receive that thing 
by grace. Please understand that when the devil came and told the people, eat the fruit and they ate it. And then as a result, they fell short of the glory. The first thing God did when he came to them is, you say you are naked, who told you? It's important you understand from whom you get your information. Because information may be correct or right. If it comes from the right spirit, it will bless you. If it comes from a wrong spirit, it will destroy you. God never condemns. It is the devil who condemns. God knows we are already condemned because we have sinned. He's not going to add more condemnation. Has anybody been ever saved by condemnation? Huh. So see, there are five porches there, meaning that grace will meet your need. In this lay a multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the uh, moving of the water. Now, please see this. See it this way. See it as men and women who are waiting for a breakthrough. See it as people who didn't come there to speculate. These are people who know something happens there. So when they are leaving their house to come, they had a vision. There was a mindset. I am not going to die with this condition. There in that place, God moves there and if I can get to that place, I will be whole. As a matter of fact, I can say that when somebody left his house, he had a mental picture of him becoming free, if only he can get to the place. I believe that the man who couldn't walk, that lame man, he could see himself walking if he can get to the place. Now let's continue. Verse 4. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. And now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he already had been in that condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be well or do you want to be made whole? If you read the Amplified, you will notice that the Amplified said, do you want to be healed? Do you desire? Are you, are you, madam, you have the amplifier. What did he say? Mm -hmm. Are you really in earnest? Are you really in earnest? In other words, is it a strong desire to be well? Please understand something. 
When you see food that you like, soul food, I say soul food because it could be the kind of food that mama used to raise you up. And uh, you may eat a lot of very good things, but uh, soul food is something different. If you are hungry and you see soul food, something happens to you. Am I right about that? Huh. So, so let's, let's say the earnestness or the intensity of the desire, you can compare it to the soul food for a hungry man. You see, if the things of God are so cheap, that somebody can be passive and just receive them. We wouldn't have to preach. Are you okay with me? The things of God are not so cheap. Mm-hmm. And, and, and how many of you know that good things are not cheap? Anything that is good has a price. And so if you want a good thing, you have to do some sweating. Now, I don't mean sweating in the sense that when you work hard, then you get it. But I mean sweating in the sense that you cultivate a desire for it. Are you okay with me? Good. Then let's read on. Where was I? Verse 6, right? Verse 5. Hey, wait on. Okay, so. Verse 7. Yeah. Do you want to get well? So verse 7. The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, Rise, take up your bed, and walk. Verse 9. And immediately, the man was made well, took up his bed, and walked. And that day was the Sabbath. Hallelujah. It means that that day was a Saturday. In those days, the Sabbath was a Saturday. In our days, the Sabbath is every day of the day, of the, of the week. Because in our day, any and every day, we are enjoined to worship and to serve God. Are you okay with me? So for us, the Sabbath is every day. But it is important to know that this thing happened on the Sabbath day. Now, friends, look at this issue very well. The Bible says a multitude of people. That means plenty of people. I don't know how many people, but there were plenty. It is possible that the place where they they were laying was almost full of people. Do you notice that Jesus didn't heal all the people there? Hello? Sometimes we read in the Bible and uh, the Bible said what? Uh, The crowds came. They came to hear and to be healed of him, of their diseases. But do you know that many times when people come to hear and be healed, it is not everybody who is healed. Sometimes if you don't read the Bible well and you just assume, you make a lot of mistakes. Because if Jesus healed everybody, then that man in Acts chapter 3 who was at the beautiful gate, 
who was born that way. And the people who take care of him, they used to lay him there every day. He wouldn't be there for Peter to heal, would he? Huh. So you see, Jesus could heal everybody, but he didn't heal everybody. And the reason he didn't heal everybody is the lesson that I want us to learn from this man. Because if you will learn the lesson, then next week, because see, next week I'm not going to teach, I'm going to preach. So I want to lay the foundation by teaching today. If somebody comes next week and he probably didn't get anything, maybe his foundation was weak. Some of us don't understand that when God is doing things, it is line upon line. Precept upon precept. Things don't just happen. If there is something you want to, you want to receive from God and you are not receiving today, listen, it's not God's problem. It's yours. Because you see, the Bible clearly teaches that my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Another way of putting it is my people are destroyed because of ignorance, because of what they don't know. You know, you may think you know everything, but we learn. Trust me. Even when you receive something from God, do you know that the devil doesn't want to enjoy the harvest? God may give you a big harvest. And then the devil comes sneaking in to try and destroy that harvest. Some of you were, were with us in Mulheim. And uh, if you remember, uh, and you know, let me come to this Mulheim thing. You know, most of you were not there, and I felt very sad. I really felt sad that you weren't there. And, and I pray that you, you come to understand that this thing we are doing, it's a war. And when you are a believer, you are never going to stop fighting until you get to heaven. So, so the day you stop fighting, that day you have surrendered to the devil. So, so understand that if you have to go somewhere where you'll be blessed, devil will try to find ways. Devil will try to... Ah. There will be problems that you didn't foresee. There will be challenges that you didn't know could even happen. I mean, but anyway, when we went there, on the last day, really, I guess we were almost closing. And then pastor kind of felt, he, didn't, he hadn't even told me before that he wanted me to give a testimony. But he just felt and he called me. So he said, just give your testimony. Uh, previous to that, I had told him how I feel sorry for people who miss meetings. Because when you miss meetings, you miss many things. And you don't know what you are losing. And so I told him specifically that on the 3rd of August, when he came here, some of you remember, Saturday we had a meeting here and then the Sunday. On that day, he prayed for people. He prayed for me too. And that was the day that I received my healing. Since that day, I've not been taking blood pressure tablets anymore. And God has been good. God has been good. Uh, if you haven't had a BP before, then you don't, you don't know what those tablets do. Because when you, 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 you miss your timing, they just warn you. You know, um, 
Let me give you a little bit of my example uh, or my own experience. I began to realize that somehow when I take my medication around 3 a.m., it works good for me. Uh, if I take it like in the day, certain times before I go to sleep, I begin to kind of see the symptoms of it. So I set my alarm, and my wife can tell you. So every time she has to wake up whether she likes it or not. Yeah. And then I'll take my medication, sleep for, let's say, one hour a little bit, and then get up, get ready, do whatever I have to do, and go to work. And that is how I've been living my life. I don't know for how long. Because when I was 50 years, I didn't have a BP. I think it was maybe like 53 or something. Before that, that BP, that pressure thing just came out of the blue. But, but let me just cut this long story short. You know, I've received my healing. Everything seems to be working well. You know, the devil came along trying to take my healing away from me. So you see, this thing is a fight. And anything you receive from God, if you don't have the capacity to keep it, the devil will take it from you. This is why when we are teaching, we want to teach well so that you understand. The Bible says forever, oh God, your word is settled in heaven. Settled means unshakable, unmovable. It means it cannot be altered. It is not subject to, uh, what do you call it? Second edition, third edition. No, it's finished like that. So by the grace of God, he came after me. And uh, I really... I really wasn't getting it quite. But eventually, I had to go to God. God, why is this thing so? I'm healed. I know I'm healed. And this thing, I'm not ready to take it back. The thing you have taken off my back, I don't want to take it back. Lord, why should you, the Bible said, you took my sicknesses and carried my pace. So, why should I take it back sickness and carry pain when you have done it already. It's not darkness. I'm not ready to give up on that one. As for that, I won't agree. So, I'm maintaining my stand. But still, this thing is persisting. So, I had to go to God. God, what is going on? Really, I need help. I said, Holy Spirit, please help me. I need to keep what you have given to me. I don't want to lose it. Sometimes you think you know, but you don't know everything. <laughs> you know what the Lord told me? The Lord said, look, you are healed. And if you are healed, when symptoms come like this, those are the things that determine whether you are healed or not. You ought to be calling the things which are not as though they are, because you know you are healed. So you see, if you don't really, and, and I have come to realize that this thing is a teaching experience with God. God teaches you. You become smarter. You become better. You become more effective. And as you go on, God keeps on teaching you so that you get to the place where the enemy cannot play you while you cannot come, you know, do the, what do you call it, the, the, the normal running around you in a circle get you confused and then he has stolen whatever it is yours. 
My dear friends, please, I want to encourage you, be students of the word. In the days we are living in, God really wants to show his power. But show it to whom? To those who know how to walk by faith. All of us may talk about faith, but few of us know what it really means to walk by faith. When you are ready to stand upon the word of God, the world will start. But any soldier, no matter how good, if he doesn't have bullets in his gun, you know it's not going to be easy for him, is it? Huh. And so, arm yourself because the word of God is those bullets which when you release against the devil, the Bible says he will flee from you. So here we are seeing this man. And the question Jesus is asking, that is the first thing I want you to notice. Jesus is asking him, do you want to be made whole? Really, the man has lost the vision. After 38 years, where he is sitting in that place, and somebody comes, and you know, you will always find somebody who is smarter than you. <laughs> somebody who is faster than you. And trust me, if it happens, one, two, three, maybe even by the time you hit like seven or eight years, some of you, you would have given up already. But at least the fact that he was still there, and he didn't say, okay, now carry me home so that I may die peacefully in my house, meant that there is still some level of hope. But Jesus said, will you be made whole? In other words, if you can see the breakthrough next week, when you come, it will be yours. Jesus said, go back to the original vision. Go back to the vision. You saw something. You believed something. That's why you came here. Go back to that vision. Go back. See again. Listen. The ability to see is so critical to a Christian that when you cannot see, you can't have it. You see, it is not easy for a man to doubt what they see. Hello. Hi. It is not so easy for a man to doubt what they see. So what you see is very, very important. Do you see yourself sick or healed? Oh, there are people who say, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, let the witch say I'm strong. I'm strong. They say, let the witch say I'm strong. Therefore, I am strong. And you know what? They can say that a thousand years until they take their own time to watch a strong and healthy man how he behaves and begin to see themselves behaving that way. They can say that for a thousand years. There's no faith in it. So they are not going to get strong. Somebody will say, well, the Bible says, let the poor say, I am rich. And then uh, they look at the empty portemonnaie. And then they say, in Jesus' name, I'm rich because the Bible says so. But you see, unless and until you begin to see yourself as rich, you can say that for long, it won't happen. You know, when we make our faith confession, what do we say? We say, uh, we are seeing a church that is growing 200 strong active members. Fact is, you should take your time to imagine if there are 200 people in this church, how many of these, uh, what do you call it, would they occupy? 
begin to see it so that when you are making your confession, you are making that confession according to what you are saying. Because if you can't see, you can't have it. I'll prove to you. Look at Genesis chapter 13, the verse number 14 to 17. You can be me for me if you, if you, you, you have the, what do you call it? If you have the loosed. <laughs> if you have the, what do you call it? Uh, you have the desire. Yeah. Genesis uh, 13, 14 to 17. Genesis 13, 14. Okay, I will read. She will be with shortly. And the Lord said to him, said to Abraham, after Lot has separated from him, lift up or lift your eyes now and look from the place where you are northward, southward, eastward, and westward. For all the land which you see, I give to you and your descendants forever. Have you noticed the word forever? Those people who are trying to say that, you know, Bethlehem today is not part of the land of Israel. How many of you know that? He's on every mercy, my God and sinners reconciled. Join the of the skies. As he is born in Bethlehem. That's what I want you to notice. Born in Bethlehem. But today, you know that Bethlehem is part of the West Bank? That the Palestinians are the ones sitting there. And they claim that it is their land. You know what? If it is their land, and God is the one who is saying it, they can have it. But the last time I read my Bible, what is written there has not changed. The last time I read my Bible, the thing that is settled there, it is as if it is written in stone. It hasn't changed. So no matter who is trying to change history, it's not going to really change anything. Did you notice where the scripture is saying? Oh, so it's not been... Ah, okay, good. Good. Okay. Uh, so, from the place where thou art northward and eastward and, 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 and eastward and westward. Go on. And the Lord said to Abraham, after Lot was separated from him. Ah, what are you doing now? I thought you would be moving on. Anyway, let me just read my thing then. Uh, okay, now, let them sort it out. Meanwhile, I'm just reading. For the land, verse 15, for all the land which you see, I will give you and your descendants forever. All the lands which you see. It means that those ones that you, you don't see, you can't have it. Now, if I were Abraham, I would say, God, give me a helicopter. <laughs> because the higher I go, 
the further I can see. Uh-huh. Okay, so, so, uh, yes, continue. And I will make, oh, that's 60. Okay. Okay, I'm reading 60. And I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth, so that if a man could number the dust of the earth, then your descendants also could be numbered. Arise, walk in the land, through its land and its breadth, for I give it to you. Hallelujah. So I want you to notice, but anyway, you can also underline this, arise and walk through the land. Because after you see, there's something extra you need to do. But anyway, I want to emphasize the scene. God said, the land that you will see, I will give it to you. And you see, when you see, the thing that you see provokes faith so much so, that it is almost impossible for you to doubt. Now the Bible says, well, if you will believe in your heart and not doubt that the things which you say shall come to pass, what will happen? You have whatsoever you say. So in order for God to help you, he engages your ability to see. Now, let me tell you something. It is not everything that is natural today that you can see with your eyes. There are things you need to see through the eyes of your spirit. So, let's take a look at Genesis chapter 15. Again, Abraham, get this clear. Because this was a teaching uh, 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 to Abraham. And because he got the teaching, he became the father of those who believe. Genesis 15, verse 5 to 6. Yes. Genesis 15, verse 5. And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now towards heaven and tell the stars if thou be able to number them. And he said to him, So shall thy seed be. In other words, as you are seeing the stars, God said, Try to count them. The man counted, counted, counted. I'm sure he got to the limit of his counting. And when he looked, there was still more he couldn't count, just like the one he had already counted. And God said, This one, it represents your children. And the Bible said, he believed God. You know, there are times when you need to represent what you want to see by something. Am I talking to somebody? A story is told of a man where they say they saw him in a coffin. And uh, apparently, most people were interpreting it as his life is in danger, they are going to bury him. Where the man said, that one is not a coffin, that is my bench. So, so, see, I'm trying to tell you something. Spiritual things, you see, the things that are in the future, which don't exist in your life today, you can't see them physically. You can only see them through the eye of faith. Meaning that, what that faith that you need to see, you need to represent it by something. 
In this particular case, God used the stars to help Abraham. And you see, the language is, your children will be like the stars. Do you understand me? So, when Abraham was seeing those stars, he was actually seeing his children. And this was a man who, excuse me, because before that time, Hagar was not, is he Hagar? Hagar was not, he hasn't known Hagar. His wife too, you know, nothing is happening. But the Bible said, look at the stars and count them. When he was able to see, his spirit conceived what he was expecting. And I'm trying to tell you that all these people that were lying at the pool, they conceived something. That's why they came there. It's not every sick person that is in Israel who came to that place. Because those who never came there, they never saw anything. And they didn't believe anything. But those who came there, they conceived something. You see, this is why it is important for you, my dear friends, when you come to church, I beg you, if you are not teaching the children or something, don't just be moving about, running about, you know, you get bored, then you, I'm going, see, excuse me, excuse me. I know sometimes people must pee-pee. But try to do some pee-pee before the preaching. So that your movement becomes as limited as possible. Because you see, the only way God can help you is through his word. You see, the people came to hear and to be healed by him. Those who didn't hear him were not healed by him. The people came to be blessed by him. Those who heard him were blessed by him. Because you see, faith comes by hearing. And hearing the word of God. Meaning that hearing, hearing, hearing. If I could just, you know, this same thing I'm telling you now. If I could just give it to you as a recorded message. And you play it and play it and play it and play it. By the time you have heard it ten times, you will hear something else you didn't hear when you are hearing now. And that is when the thing begins to stir up in your spirit. That is when the picture begins to get clear in your spirit. And what your spirit can grasp, your life will bring it past. So all these plenty people are there. What are they there for? For the breakthrough. Now, what is required for the breakthrough is that a person will see before he experiences. Or that a person will conceive that thing in his spirit before he sees the manifestation. What does the Bible say? The Bible says, so, what things soever you desire, I'm quoting Mark chapter 11, 23-24. If a person will say to this mountain, mountain, be removed. And then be cast where? Into the sea. And the person who is saying this, this same person, will not doubt in his heart, but believe in his heart that the things that he says will come to pass, this person shall have whatsoever he says. Don't you think that at that point, the person is operating like God? Anything God said, he got it. God said, let there be light. He got it. God said, let there be a rearrangement. 
the waters must move to one side, let the dry land appear. What happened? He got it. You see, the ability to speak the way we do is given to only we the humans. So you can hear that when things were not going well, you know, the people wanted to do something that it was not the will of God for them to do. What did God do? God came and changed their language. Of all the things created, the humans were the only ones that God interfered with their communication. Because words paint pictures. Words cause you to see. Words cause your spirit man to conceive some things that are intangible at the moment. It's like you are seeing. Somebody conceived it. They saw it before it was manufactured. Are you okay with me? And, and, and that is the reason why no elephant has ever invented anything. For that matter, no lion has ever invented anything. But we the human beings, we have been continuously changing and transforming our environment. You know why? Because that ability God gave to us and not to any of the other creation. So my dear friends, this person or these people who are there, there was something they saw. And when they saw the thing, they were supposed to do something. Second thing I want you to learn, Jesus, when he asked him, will you be made whole? What was he expecting? Talk. He was expecting talk. Where your mouth and your words cannot go, you yourself, you can't go there. Let me try to explain. We were created in such a way that we can create evil with our words. But we can also create good with our words. And now, God, when God speaks, something happens. God never speaks and his words are idle. And you know the Bible says that God will will be strafing. God will hold us for speaking words that do nothing. In other words, God is trying to say, hey guys, when I created you, I created you in my own image and in my likeness. When you should be putting on dress, I put my spirit as a clothing for you. So that when you were moving, there was no difference between you and me. If the devil saw you, he saw you as if it's me. When you sinned, then you fell short of the glory. You are like a man who, you know, the bathrobe is off. Now he's naked. But you see, this same glory which you lost, I, God, I have come to bring it back to you. So that you need to imitate me. Learn to do as I do. And when you do as I do, you have the results I have. Now, what does the book of uh, Romans chapter 4, verse 17 to 21, what does it say about this? Because I have told you how God taught Abraham. Now, as it is being summarized in the book of Romans, you will see it reading one way. But the reality is, God began by 
forcing this guy to begin to see what he need to see. Are you there? Okay, good. So if you are not there, then let me just... Romans chapter 4, verse 17. Uh, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. In the presence of him whom he believed, God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which uh, be not or do not exist as though they did. Verse 17. Now, when God believes something, what does he do? It doesn't stop there. He speaks it. So you see, after you have taken your time deliberately to create the picture of the breakthrough that you want, you need to say it. And you don't say it as if it is in the future. You say it as if it is now. Because you see, faith is not tomorrow. Faith is now. Hope is tomorrow. Faith is now. When you are hoping for something, that means that thing is still ahead of you. But when you are believing or you, are, you, are, you, are, you, you have faith for something, it means that it is now. The Bible says what? Uh, 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 now, faith is the substance of the things that you hope for. The evidence of the things which you do not see. So you see, this is the substance of the microphone. How many of you, because you can see, so, so, but you know that as I'm holding the substance of the microphone, I have the microphone. Assuming that you cannot see, assuming that this is an invisible microphone, assuming that this is the kind of microphone where, you know, the thing that the new dress they have invented for the military, that it can make them invisible. How many of you have seen? Huh? If this thing is made of that material, I can be telling you, I have a microphone, and you will say no. <laughs> Am I talking to somebody? And, 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 and you see, I have it. I know I have it. You may not know I have it, so you say no. But you see, when a person has it, he should know he has it. And how do you know you have it? You know you have it because God's work says so. That's just, in fact, so. When God says something, through our scripture, it happens. God said, look, I have given to you Jericho and his king and his people. And then he went on to say, contend with them in battle. If the thing has been given to you, why do you fight? But whenever God says, I have given you something and that thing is yours, you must first believe that it is yours. And then, when you now believe it is yours, if somebody is trying to say they are sitting on it, that's Gehod Meir. You shouldn't take to yourself something that belongs to me. Come on, let it go. That is how God wants believers to behave. And if I were you, if you have any unfinished business in 2019, please understand that next week Sunday is the 8th. 
Meaning that one week is work. So maximum, you have only three more weeks and the year is over. So please, consider it like the last bus, which if you don't take, you walk. Are you okay with me? And so, and so be serious about this. I may not be speaking to everyone, but I may be speaking to just a few people. But trust me, this God doesn't fail. All things are possible to him who believes. The church of the 21st century is going to rise to demonstrate that this God we are serving is a God who is alive. Sometimes people say, we just go to church, we are wasting time. But you see, what you can get from church, you can't buy with money from anywhere. So the Bible says, well, he called the things which are not as though they are. When God was saying, let there be light, everything was dark. And when the brightness came, not even the moon or the sun were created by that time. But if God sees something, something will happen. Are you okay with me? And so you and I, we need, this week, I'm challenging you, when you begin to pray, begin to call the things which are not as though they are. Begin to say, I am the healed of the law. Begin to say, I am the redeemed of the law. Begin to say, I am the blessed of the law. Begin to say, I have, what, what is it that you want? I don't know. I have that umbe free state that I need. I have that job that I need. Lord, I trust you for the job. It is mine. You say, if I will say it and believe it, and Lord, I do believe you. Keep on, keep on, call the things which are not as though they were. Because when you do that, you are not lying. I'll tell you the story a man told. Uh, he's called Kanevhiki. He said something. He said, uh, he, he woke up one day and one side of his face was paralyzed. He can punch no feeling. He can, you know, he doesn't have any feeling there. So when he's talking, then, uh, you know, when, when this side is frozen, you will see that your, your mouth will twist some way. Uh-huh. So that is how, and so he went to church. He was a pastor then, but uh, pastoring a Baptist church. And he went to a full gospel church because they believe in healing. And uh, somehow they did a lot of things. So when they were closing, uh, the pastor wanted to close that. They didn't want to pray for people. Then when they were about to close, he just raised up his hand and said, Pastor, please, can you pray for my healing? Then he, he, he rushed forward. They poured oil upon him and they prayed for him. According to him, he didn't hear one word they said. Because for him, his cue was this. They want to hear the word amen. Meaning, so be it. And once he hears the word, so be it, he's releasing his faith that time. So, when he heard the word amen, he said, thank God I receive it is mine. And the pastor asked him to, to pray the benediction. And he prayed it. And those who were, you know, they saw this man with the face, how his mouth was twisting as he's trying to say, the Lord bless you and keep you, etc., etc. So when they finished, then uh, some people came and said, ah, Ravi, do you really believe you are healed? Because you said, I'm healed, this man. And for me, the way what we are seeing, we are not seeing that you are healed. I said, no, I'm healed. 
He said, did you feel anything? What did you feel to make you think you are here? He said, I didn't have to feel anything. I know I'm here because God's word says so. You see, when prayer is made for you in the name of the Lord Jesus, something must always happen. We are hard people who are so religious that they just come, you lay hands upon them, and sometimes they even fall under the power and nothing changes. Falling under the power of God doesn't really change anything. It is just a manifestation that the power is available to you. But you, to whom the power is available to, you need to release your faith to give action to that power so that it can establish what you want. So he said, well, they have to you know, lead some of the young ladies home. And so he and some of the young men, they just led them home. And then from one lady, they are staying, you know, like neighbors. So when they were going to say goodbye, she just invited him in. And then uh, he went and called the mama and said, Mama, come and see. Come and see her. Does he look like a hero? Person, what's wrong with him? Can you, can't you see? And he said, when the mama was staring, uh, uh, staring at him, he just had to smile. And the moment he smiled, then. <laughs> so, so the woman too was like, ah, Kenneth, there's something wrong with you. It hasn't changed one little bit. So, if you say you are here, what do you mean by you are here? He said, no, I'm not here because I'm feeling something. I'm here because the word of God says so. The man knows that he went forward, hands were laid upon him, and nothing was, but prayer was made for him. And the Bible says that when prayer of faith is made for the sick, they will be healed. So he just knew that he was healed. Guess what? They laughed at him. But uh, he kept on saying the same thing. And you know what the mama said? Look, leave, leave Kenneth alone. You and I know that his doctor told me, because his doctor was also our heart's doctor. His doctor told me that this guy, we don't know how, why he's living that long. He should have died long ago. But I can tell you one thing, he's not going to last, going to last long. But you see, now that he has been able to get up to walk, perhaps he knows something about faith we don't know. So leave him alone. Because he told them, look, they shouldn't worry. He's healed. He's healed. He knows he's healed. They want to wait till they see. They should just wait because they will see. Well, he said he went to lie down. When he woke up in the morning, the thing just straightened. So when they saw it, then they are like, oh, thank God, whatever, whatever. Too late. That is a thanksgiving that doesn't give glory to God because there's no faith in it. That's true. Are you understanding me, my dear friends? And so, what I want you to do is to come knowing that God will be faithful to you. That God will honor the faith that you express. So, you see, first, picture it. Number two, say it. And then number three, act upon it. Act upon it. Uh, Can we just finish that one? Uh, Because I want to... Yeah. Yeah. Verse 17. Now go to verse 18. Okay, so let me just go on with my this thing because I have it somewhere. 
I know I didn't tell you you were going to do this thing. Give me so. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken? Have you noticed that the man was basing everything according to what God said? Because he's an old man. When God says somebody is old, trust me, he's old. And so, everything that has to keep his faith alive is simply what God said. And so, he had to believe in hope against hope. Why? Because his body is telling him one thing. His feelings are telling him one thing. But God has said, you'll be the father of many nations. So, he believed God. And guess what? God said, change your name. I always tell people, God said, call yourself Abraham, not Abraham. Call your wife Sarah, not Sarai. And they did this thing, and it didn't take one year. When they started making the confession based upon what they have already seen. Some of us make confessions, and we have not. You know, the first thing is you got to see it. Then number two, you got to say it. Then number three, when doubt and challenges come, you got to stand by the word. Stand by the word. Stand believing. Stand knowing that God cannot lie. When you are saying something that God has said, and somebody is saying you are lying, they are calling God a liar, not you. Hello? You can never lie saying the same thing God said, can you? The same way, when God says, uh, let the weak say I am strong. When you are saying I am strong because the word of God says so, if somebody is looking at you and they are like, hmm, there is a man up, crank with the doctor. <laughs> he's still sick. And he's still saying, I am strong. They looked. He's lying. Listen, let them laugh. Because very soon they'll be laughing from the wrong side of their mouth. Let the poor say what? I am rich. I pray that somebody in this house Amen. will begin to understand that the kind of riches God wants us to have, it doesn't come by calculation. It doesn't come by your calculator. It doesn't come by a huge computer that you calculate everything. It comes by believing. Amen. Believe. Just believe. And it shall come to pass. Finally, Oh, okay, then go on. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body when he was about 100 years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. You know what happened to me? My faith started getting weak because I was considering my body. When you begin to consider the same things, you are considering your body. When you begin to consider your contour, though the layer contour, it's almost getting then, 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 then you will see that your faith is beginning to become weak. You are not supposed to consider those symptoms, you have to consider the word because faithful is him who promised, who will also do what? Do it. Yes, he started not at the promise of God through unbelief. You know what? When you stagger, you stumble, you hit your feet against things. When somebody is drunk. That's how you begin to stagger. And you see, when somebody is staggering, he has become like a double-minded person. And the Bible said, when somebody is double-minded, 
You know, double-minded means you have two minds. One is believing, the other is doubting. When you become a double-minded person, you begin to stagger. That means you have allowed unbelief in. And the Bible said, if a man will believe and not doubt in his heart, meaning that he will make sure the door to unbelief is shut, he will have whatever he says. And I've said in this church, don't worry yourself about how much faith you have. Because even if the faith is small like this, as long as you are keeping the door to unbelief shut, you will receive. Finally, so the man was giving glory to God. What was he giving glory to God for? When you are saying the same thing God is saying, and people are saying this guy is crazy, as though there is faith yet, you see. He has become balabala or something. (laughs) And you are still saying it. You know what? Uh, uh, people may be dishonoring you, but you are giving honor to God. You are giving glory to God. You are saying the same thing God is saying. So, God is getting pleased with you. You know what? When God gets pleased with you, the angels will work for you. And then the Bible says, being fully persuaded that what he has promised is able to also to perform. If God ever promises anything, friends, you can bank your life on it. I didn't know how deep some things I've said in the past were. That I would rather like to live maybe just for a year or two than to live a thousand years in unbelief. I didn't know how strong some of those statements were. But when you begin to take steps to stand upon the way, the devil comes like a whirlwind against you. Then you begin to see that, hey, this one, now now it's a war, it's a battle. It is a battle. Hello? Are you afraid of the battle? Why should you be afraid of a battle you can't lose? Hello? Don't be afraid of the battle you cannot lose. When you think of the end of the battle, that you will be the blown man still standing, eh? and the devil, you know, will be that guy that is defeated, let that encourage you and stand strong. Next week, there is going to be testimonies. Who is going to have a testimony next week? The man who comes with faith. And who is going to go blessed? The man who came to receive. And when is the time to receive? When you pray, believe you receive. Not when the prayer... See, you you don't receive two days after prayer. You receive the very moment. You don't receive one hour. You receive the very moment. Oh, this church, I want to challenge you. Great things can happen. Your God can come alive again. And you can see great things happen. Because when you stand in faith, you please God. Meaning that if you don't stand in faith, you don't please God. It doesn't matter how much you pray. If you start in faith, you don't please God. It doesn't matter how much you give your tithe. If you don't do it in faith, you don't please God. It doesn't matter how you try to do good. Listen, faith is not about goodness. Although goodness is important, but faith is not about goodness. Goodness is about works, what you do. It's about your choices. But faith is simply believing that whatever God said, he is able also to perform, and therefore you stand upon God's word believing, and then you get results. Shall we be on our feet? Thank you for taking our time to tune in. 
For more information on our services, visit our website www.wimachapu.org. You can also join us for our weekly conference calls on Thursdays. More details on our website. Also make sure to check our Facebook, Instagram and YouTube platforms.